everyone. I want to welcome you to our podcast series called Rest for the Weary. Uh, my name is Matthew Fong. I'm one of the pastors at Cooper's Plains Evangelical Church in Brisbane. And uh, we are running this podcast series to run alongside our sermon series on the same topic uh, because we think we're living in an age of burnout and of the hurried, crazy, anxious, restless life. And so uh, this term, we are spending a few weeks looking at this series, looking at this topic on rest. Um, and so as part of that, we wanted to actually run a podcast, really wrestle with some of the, the nitty gritty, the, the practical things of, of everyday life um, and what it means to be trying to find rest. And as part of that, we're going to have a series of guests come and join us uh, on our podcast. And so uh, with that, I want to introduce us to Dr. Elisa Sia. Uh, she's a GP with a special interest in mental health and counselling. And she's very kindly uh, agreed to come and join us on the podcast. So Elisa, welcome. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, hey, it is uh, great to have you along. We are blessed to have you come and share some of your thinking and your thoughts uh, on this topic. Um, you know, on our very first talk last Sunday, we, we did look at the, the, the whole topic of creation. We look at Genesis chapter one and two, and we see how God creates the world and creates us um, as physical beings. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the things of what it means to be a created physical being uh, with uh, Dr. Sia, who is a GP. So I think she's going to have lots of plenty of interesting things. As we kick off, what would your perfect day off actually look like? Um, well, in Queensland and Brisbane, we're really blessed with great weather. So um, any chance I get, I'd I like to go out for hikes. So if the weather's great, I'll want to do that. Um, but if it happens to be raining, which it does do as well here, um, then I'd love to stay in and, and read. Read a good book that I've got on my to-read list. That's yep, I imagine you've got a nice big stack of books that, that need to be read. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, great. No, just like me too. Um, hey, look, uh, we wanted, did want to talk about uh, the rest and the human body and what it means to be, you know, we God creates us out of dust. He creates us as a physical being, an embodied being, might be another way of talking about that. I mean, just tell us a little bit about that from your perspective. Uh, how does that actually shape the way we think about ourselves and, and particularly how we think about rest and our bodies? Uh, yeah, I think that with, um, I guess, in my work, we do tend to focus in medicine and healthcare a lot about um, the physical aspects of, so there's like the outer aspect of ourselves, um, but there is also this inner aspect um, that we have, that we know is part of the human being. Um, and obviously recently there's a, there's a lot of interest in, um, supporting and sustaining mental health being an inner aspect, but I think what the Bible also enriches our view of the inner aspect is that we, we also have a heart or, um, a soul or a spirit, um, there are other terms in the Bible. Um, so, yeah, where, where, where mental health can start um, touching on those aspects of the heart, um, it may may not be as as deep and as rich as what the Bible can give to us. So, from my perspective, um, yeah, I think it does uh, enrich my um, 
yeah, my work because I, I think about um, how the heart can can change and affect emotions, um, how we think, and as well as how we behave and act with our bodies um, and what we do, um, some behaviors that we would see as being healthy or unhealthy. Um, yeah, so um, we are complex beings. So we're both yeah, bodies and, and souls, I guess is the easiest way to, to summarize it. Um, yeah, so I guess that's, that's one aspect. Um, yeah, so in a sense, um, we don't kind of think of my body as something separate and my heart and my motivations or my mind as just all separate things. But in a way, it's a, it's a kind of way of saying that they're all integrated, they're all kind of interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely the Bible supports that view too, but we, like in mental health research, but also um, just physical health research, we, we see that um, all these parts are interrelated and interconnected. Um, so you can't, really, you can't really separate out the body from the mind. Um, and yeah, the, the heart or the soul is part of, part of that um, as well. So yeah, uh, good, a good summary would be that mm, we inter we're interrelated, we're complex, we're intricate beings, we're created that way. Yeah, so in a sense, um, you know, as, as we focus particularly on the, the body today, um, we're not really kind of just saying, you know, you can separate that out, isn't it? It's, it is that our bodies will affect the way our, we think and feel and, and um, might even, even reflect mm. our, and affect our own godliness as well. Um, would that be kind of a, uh, would that be a, a true, a fair statement? Yeah, I think it's just important to, I think, um, sort of think of the body as like the landscape. Um, so I guess being being a, a lover of at the outdoors um, and you think about a, a, a beautiful scenery, um, there's the backdrop, but there's also what's in the foreground. So I guess like what happens in your body, whether you're healthy or unhealthy, can give us the context in which the inner aspect of our um, selves will um, be informed. Um, so it's sort of like the body carries out um, what is the inside the inner aspect. So in the heart, um, the heart can is described in the Bible as being thinking as well as feeling and as well as um, willing or with motivations and intentions and desires. Um, so being the hidden part, that's that's the seat, um, the heart. But I guess the body you could see say is um, the instrument in which uh, what uh, out of the uh, overflow of the heart we would see on the outside um, so they can carry out what the heart is functioning um, yeah so I, I guess that's how I would um, liken it to as a yeah as an analogy maybe if that's helpful yeah yeah so you know when we're talking about um, our, our bodies and what we do with it in some ways actually that is actually, yeah, an, an indication of what's going on inside us as well, what we're thinking, feeling mm -hmm. from the heart. Yeah, it can also 
be inform, I guess, um, what the desires of the heart would be, or um, yeah, what the thoughts and um, motivations are. For example, if you really had um, uh, were sick with the common cold, you're a lot. E- it's a lot easier to feel uh, discouraged. Um, so feeling sad or um, or yeah, just feeling more down in your spirit, even that can that can um, affect you as a whole being, even though um, the illness is not very serious, it can still affect your um, yeah how your heart is responding. Um, and likewise, if you um, have a, a mental illness, that that can also um, affect I guess how your heart will respond based on that how that um, part of yourself is functioning. Um, yeah, knowing that we we live in a sinful, fallen world, we we do experience fallenness in our bodies as well as our minds, um, and the heart can respond to either in a godly way or in an ungodly way as well. Yeah, great. Hey, so let's talk about the body and particularly about what it means to steward our bodies well, um, particularly as that, you know, interacts and integrates with the, the whole of our being. Um, you know, from a doctor's perspective, obviously, there's a good, good amount of crossover with that. Um, but what are some of the general things that we should be thinking about in terms of if we are we're wanting to, in a godly way, steward our bodies, the things that we've been given by God and with the way that we've been created, what are some of the things that, that we should be thinking about? Yeah, my um, one of my GP supervisors, she taught me about thinking of a three-legged table or stool. Um, so the foundation of good mental health is uh, sleep, uh, eating well, and moving well. So sleep, diet, exercise. Um, so you could consider that as being like a, a good tripod, um, establishing a good foundation for um, stewarding our bodies well. Um, so God's created us to need to sleep for a third of the day, uh, approximately um, seven to nine hours for adults. And, and it, of course it varies with children and, and, and older adults. Um, but uh, generally it's, it's a good idea to get at least seven um, and up to nine hours for an adult. Um, and I think it's also quite wonderful that we have to do that. Like we're, we're forced to, and it's a good mm. thing. Um, so you wanna have good quality uh, sleep as well. Uh, so there's a lot of talk about sleep hygiene, making sure your sleep environment is um, yeah, cool, dark, calm. Not bringing screens to bed is a, a really big thing as well as part of sleep hygiene. And that's really hard to do. Like I struggle with that too. Um, so that's all part of good sleep. Um, eating let, me well. just, let me just pick up yeah. on that sleep sure. thing because I think yeah, sure. I think you nailed on a few big things actually there. Um, just even about the way that we that that I think life for us has changed. Like we do have this this little six inch screen that we carry everywhere, and we're often, you know, mm. I mean, how does I mean how does having a phone potentially affect our sleep? Uh, yeah, so there is blue light um, coming out from the screen, so that does uh, disrupt um, uh, how much melatonin. Um, is is secreted so um, that's the hormone that your your uh, part of the brain makes um, to allow for sleep sleepiness and um, yeah that can be disrupted um, if you have access to a screen 
um, when it's time that you should be in bed for, for when the sun set essentially um, that's when that's when you should be getting to bed um, so that can be a physical factor in um, yeah making you feel more awake than you actually are um, yeah, so sort of like late. sort of like fooling our brain into thinking that it's still daytime when it's not almost is that sort of the thing? yeah 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 and um yeah, just delays your um, your your sleep cycle in a sense. Um, yeah, getting to sleep on time in order to get adequate sleep. So, um, yes, that's one aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of one of those funny things that again we don't maybe think about it. Kind of go, well, maybe sleep might actually be a role, play a role in our godliness and actually getting appropriate sleep and and good quality sleep. Because by the sounds of it, you're saying like a lot of us don't get good quality sleep um, because of yeah too much blue light that sort of thing um, I mean uh, yeah are there other things just in modern day life that are that are potentially affecting our health uh, along this, those same lines um, yeah I think your the phone is probably the biggest one because you essentially can bring work home and um I think there's a flow on effect too. Like if you're um, sleepy um, one night, it usually leads to another night of less sleep and it can become a cycle and you can fall into a rut. Uh, so you kind of get into a rhythm of, uh, and a pattern of poor sleep and, or checking your emails um, before bed. And um, I think for our minds and our hearts as well, it's, it's also setting up a maybe a unhealthy or, less uh, helpful pattern mm. um yeah that blurring of lines between work in an office and work at home i think is is uh, part of that being that the phone is the device that allows you to bring work everywhere um yeah you know, it's like switching and, your work brain on at 10 and 10 o'clock at night isn't it i mean yeah it's not quite conducive to good healthy sleep patterns is it do you have any suggestions in terms of just practical things that we can be doing with our phones just to try and combat that that tendency well you could leave it outside the room i don't do that to be honest but uh yeah just consciously um putting it away uh some i, I read about um suggestions to put in a you know a separate box or somewhere that's actually harder to access um but it would take yeah some form of self-discipline um an, an alarm maybe just to just be an audio a cue that's what i do um say that this is time to put the phone down um yeah but it's it's really it's really difficult to be um consistent so if you feel that you're in a rut um try to interrupt the cycle that's what i would say Mm. yeah I mean that's actually something I tried recently on holidays just um you know we were away away from home and, and I had my phone plugged in outside and I would just remember noticing just how habituated I am to just waking up rolling over and just the first thing you do is just yeah. grab the phone <laughs> like I'm like and yeah. you know, I was just kind of this and I was grasping and it wasn't there and I was going you know just had that realization of wow yeah I mean, it's just so become a part of my life that I just automatically go and grab for it first thing in the morning, which, which kind of said something. 
Um, so yeah I think there's definitely something to work in some practical things around um, yeah trying to set limits and boundaries on that little device isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, now you mentioned diet as well I mean that's another area that again you know Christians again won't, may not automatically kind of think of as, as being something really important and yet um, they say again diet's one of the three three pillars of the three legs of the chair I mean just tell us briefly about that uh well I, I just caution on like overemphasizing too much of any of these things too um so there's a huge in our culture there's a huge emphasis on yeah uh eating like well and there's so many diets out there um so i think it's more just about um moderation uh i i generally just tell people uh, a well-rounded diet includes more vegetables than meat and carbs and um trying to eat less um, sugary um, takeaway processed foods um, so not overeating I guess is another thing binge or snacking I think can be easy to do um, so there's a lot of healthier uh, snack options if you need to tie yourself over between meals and generally just make your meals quite filling so that you don't have to snack in between so I don't really advocate for any particular diet um, unless there's something specific that you have as a medical condition. Um, if you have really high like triglycerides, for example, then you probably want to eat better um, certain types of fatty acids, mm. omega-3 unsaturated. So yeah, unless you have something specific that you're seeing your, your GP for, I think the moderation is, is, is best. Um, and again, there's special occasions and it's okay to eat more for, you know, a birthday or Christmas and a special occasions. So yeah, not being legalistic about things, but um, yeah, just making uh, yeah, sustainable choices. And it helps to have a, a time frame. I think, if you are trying to uh, stick with a diet, have a, a period of time where we're going to try something new and different and then evaluate how that goes so I usually um is provide some accountability as a GP I can check on that or you you can do that for yourself if you're motivated to um yeah set yourself a, a goal within a time frame like three months or six months or something like that it helps to have a uh, a bit of a, a goal um if if, uh, if that helps or an event that you're training for um yeah like a run or something like that that's what I mean yeah. yeah, no, that's that's actually really helpful. I mean, I, I like the fact that you point out that actually you could go overboard with this, couldn't you? You could go, well, it's all about just my body and kind of I'm just going to focus on eating and and sleeping well and forget that there is more than that. I think that's mm -hmm. that's a good, helpful warning. Um, uh, now, for me, I'm, I, I know I'm a bit of a bad snacker and, um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely need to try and um, keep that pantry as clean as possible. Um, but also, I'm, I can be a bit of a terrible exerciser as well. I mean, if, if you said, what, what would, should be a minimum exercise amount that I should be aiming for? Um, so, yeah, in terms of, um, like, moderate physical activity, about half an hour, five days a week, so... That's what the recommendations are from the Heart Foundation of Australia. So that's about two and a half hours per week. 
um, for an adult. And so that could include um, walking, cycling, jogging, swimming, um, gym classes. And so that's, that's the sort of the lower limit um, and intensive physical activity about like an hour and a half to, to two hours per week. Um, that would be more the like more running or higher intensity gym classes. Um, again, it's not, it doesn't sound like a lot. And there are people who go way beyond that or go over that um, because they're trying to lose weight or um, they're trying to do something different, challenge themselves. So um, if you're just doing 30 minutes, five or more days a week, that's generally good. And trying to limit how much time you sit as well, taking breaks. So I try to do that because I sit in my job. Um, so I do try to um, get up, walk around, even look, um, stand by a standing desk or um, yeah, those are good options too. So limiting how much sedentary time you have. Yeah, great. I mean, that's all very challenging um, for me. You know, I guess that's one of those things when you're living a, a busy, fast-paced life, it's so easy to let these sort of things slide, isn't it? And what, what you're saying almost is that actually um, a little bit every day, trying to, or five days a week, get, getting in sort of some sort of routine to just building that into your, your life uh, is actually quite important, isn't it? Yeah, and even if you only do five minutes of walking a day, that's better than nothing. So I think five minutes is a great start. If you really, really struggle with uh, exercise, just do five minutes. Um, and I think you'd be surprised at you know, how easy it is to do that as a habit early in the morning, probably is, uh, the best time maybe before work, but even after work. Um, uh, and the weekends, of course, are great opportunities to do more. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Hey, look, I wanted to ask you about burnout like burnout's a phrase that you know I think in our day and age particularly it gets thrown around a lot and a lot of us talk about feeling burnt out um so I want to ask you actually as a GP uh, is burnout a real thing what is it and you know what what should be the things that we should be looking out for yeah so um interestingly um the World Health Organization has listed it as a an occupational syndrome burnout but it's actually not in the, um, the diagnostic uh, manual for mental health conditions yet. So it is being researched and has been studied in Australia recently. Um, so there's definitely more uh, that is um, coming, going to come out, but basically you're looking at um, emotional exhaustion, uh, lack of empathy and reduced performance in work or your day-to-day uh, -day duties. So um, those are the three main um, symptoms or signs you could would be looking out for in burnout. So it's definitely a real um, syndrome. It's a real um, issue and it's a very costly issue as well. That's why also it's being researched and studied a lot. It's costing Australia like I think over $14 billion of loss, like um, absenteeism or or being at work, but with reduced performance. So yeah, it's certainly a real thing. And yeah, I think what the studies are looking at is that there are certain like personality styles that are more predisposed to burnout, um, but you can certainly um, look out for signs of that. Um, if you're feeling um, a lot of stress, irritability, 
you're withdrawing from others, um, you're finding that you have a lack of motivation or concentration, or even like physical symptoms like headaches, feeling nauseous. Um, yeah, so interestingly, it's not just paid workers, but unpaid workers, carers, um, people at, who work at home, uh, home duties, um, as parents, they can experience burnout as well. So um, yeah, it's certainly something to uh, look out for in each other, but there is also a lot of resources available um, in your workplace, there should be, as well as um, um, asking uh, your GP as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, when we say it's sort of a thing in which uh, we've gone so far, you know, we're talking about rest and, and good health and good stewardship of our bodies. Is it sort of like the extreme end where we've just pushed or been pushed, um, rather pushed ourselves or been pushed so hard that actually, you know, the legs have started to fall off and, and the car is just splattering and breaking down and we're seeing that play out across our life. Is yeah. that sort of a fair way of describing it? I mean, that's why I can't. Yeah, do. I think so. And um, like trying to sort of like staying up on our phones, like we're trying to push the limits, um, but to a point that it, it is affecting your relationships and work. Um, and I think you're pushing against your limits as a, as a human as well, maybe um, either on yourself or maybe from external pressures. Um, it may not actually be you. It could be the work or the, the environment, the, the, the type of job you're in. So there's certainly a lot of factors at play, but the culture too, like you're saying, um, is pushing for yeah, high throughput and um, yeah, more demands um and, and and crowding out the rest time so forcing people to work on Sundays which is a traditional like rest day um forcing people to have seven day work day work weeks or even six day work weeks um can is definitely that like societal pressure mm. leading to it. um but it could be an internal pressure as well if you really feel driven to please um your boss, your uh, the project, or even just the pressure you feel on yourself. Um, so there can be pressures from all these areas that are leading to yeah, increasing rates of people experiencing burnout. So it's helpful to um, evaluate and, and, and seek help and, uh, and talk to someone if you feel like you are um, experiencing any of those symptoms. Yeah, and I think the other thing that strikes me, and, and this is going back really to our model of saying, you know, heart, mind, body, we're all integrated, is that um, what I've also noticed is that burnout can often also precipitate almost a, a spiritual crisis as well, because, you know, just everything is just so thrown out of whack that we start, do, we do actually start asking questions about God and who, who am I and you know, mm. all those sorts of things can happen too, can't they? Yeah, certainly that, that would be the impact on the heart. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I mean, as we try and wrap this up, this discussion up, I mean, yeah, we talked a lot about sort of health stuff. Um, we said, you know, that that is actually a part of who we are. We need to steward that well. Um, but, you know, is there, does the gospel in some way speak to this? Does this gospel speak to our, um, to our burnout, to our, constant striving restlessness our um, workaholism that keeps pushing us to those physical limits 
does the gospel have something to to actually teach us and to grow us and to to set help set some of those limits for us mm, yeah that's a really good question um so i think the verse um in matthew that where jesus invites us to um come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden um and take on my yoke because it's easy and i will give you rest um i think that is a, a great reminder that um we don't we don't need to strive to to win or earn approval from from god um but in some ways maybe on the work level or the horizontal like relational level we might be striving to be um yeah trying to be like god omnipotent uh, so wanting to do everything omniscient trying to know everything or omnipresent trying to be everywhere all at once and i guess when you when you do keep pushing the limits i think your body does respond and or your mental health will um respond and and uh you you come across those limits and then you realize your limitations as a human and our need to rest and i think resting um physically or mentally is a way that we can actually trust god um in in what he's given us to do like uh, whether it's ministry or work or family or caring for others um we can trust him to look after those things as well um and not um not to take that control uh, back uh, i guess uh, like the uh, another analogy might be uh driving like le letting him also like he's also helping he's the one who's giving you the ability to drive in the first place um so entrust him that you can um keep going on the journey um yeah and with the fuel tank maybe just keep it going with that analogy um yeah, we do need to refuel at times and um, and rest physically, mentally, spiritually as well. Um, there's a lot of different forms of rest uh, that we can take in. So uh, even just like creatively taking time out of work, that's a form of rest because you're doing something a little bit different. I think those are all ways in which we can worship God as well. So I think we can see rest as, as a way to trust God and as well to worship him um yeah well hey lisa i think this has been just a really stimulating discussion so um you know i love just looking and thinking about the body thinking about our spiritual life our hearts and think about the gospel as well how that actually can keep shaping and growing us in this way so um uh, I want to say thanks for coming coming on again to our podcast. Um, you know, we'll have some more series, uh, some more topics, interesting topics like this to come up as well. Um, but again, from me and from CPE, just want to say thanks for coming along and sharing some of your wisdom, expertise, your professional expertise, as well as, yeah, your expertise as a Christian, trying to encourage us to, yeah, to keep entrusting ourselves to God who has uh, saved us created us loves us uh, i think that's yeah massively important stuff for us to be thinking about great oh hope it's helpful and yes yeah, nice to to be able to be on and speak with you today great okay thank you